What's going on, bud? How are you doing? Right on. Okay, so I have a theory that you have pretty crappy internet, Rob, and that's why when we played our NHL series, I lost that one game to you. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's my story sticking to it. All right. <laughs> uh, with that being said, are you ready to go? Sure. Cool. Um, so we have episode four now of GM Dynasty podcast here and a special guest, Rob from Detroit. Uh, everybody welcome Rob. <laughs> so I'm just going to insert clapping there. And uh, so for today, we are not focusing on Detroit as much as everybody would like to, but instead we are using Rob's prospect knowledge to break down our 2020 NHL entry draft. So, um, getting right into it here. Uh, first pick was Boston with Lafreniere. Rob, what kind of point production can we expect from him? Um, you know, realistically, I see him getting around 50 points, maybe. I'd say 15 goals, you know, 30-plus assists. Um, I see him having a little bit of an adjustment period. Not as, not as bad as Hughes, but... Um, Definitely not like a crazy Austin Matthews season. What about? Okay, so what what, what was Connor? Do you remember? Yeah, he, didn't he have an injury shortened point per game year? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a point per game. I, I definitely expected that from him. I mean, he was most the most prolific prospect in a long time. So, I mean, Lafreniere is going to be really good, but I just see him having a really good sophomore year, and not as good of a. Um, rookie year. Okay. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, Rob, how do you come up with uh, your projections here? Well, this is just off the noggin. Um, I don't... I actually haven't ran my Excel sheets in a while, but um, that's just what I expect. Fair, fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm going down the list. I feel... <sighs> you know... I think he'll be. I think he'll be similar to like a Kako Hughes. I think he'll have a little bit of time adjusting. I think he's. I think he'll eventually be become a point per, per game guy, um, but I think he might struggle a little bit with the speed. Even though I, obviously he's not a slow guy, but I think the speed of the game in general might be a little bit different than what he's always used to. So going maybe into the future, five years or eight years, who's the higher point per game scorer? Um, I would say Lafreniere, but I would say maybe like, like Byfield will be like an eighty-point guy, and and Lafreniere I think will be more of like a ninety, like low ninety guy. Uh, so say, say fantasy though, um, looking at like six points per game, seven points per game, do you think Byfield will eclipse Lafreniere in any seasons? Uh, I mean that's a good question. I think I don't know how much he shoots. Um, if he can shoot at a pretty significant rate. I could see him being better than Lafreniere um, in fantasy, just because I think I think Byfield hits quite a bit more, um, and he'll at least count for some more hits and blocks than than maybe Lafreniere. And I don't I don't know if I see Lafreniere playing much penalty kill versus Byfield, who I think is perfectly suited for a penalty kill. So blocks and shots there. Yeah, I think the peripherals will will push him over. So fr- friendly jab here, Rob. Uh, when I had Dan on the podcast, he was talking about shooting percentages with McCarr and the Cowboy. He was able to talk all that back in the knowledge. So, 
just want to let viewers at home know that's the separation between top seat and trying to get into top seat. So it's okay. Not at Rob. <laughs> okay. And uh, so going into number three here, uh, Boston taking Stutzel again. Was this the right pick? Um, you know, I think it was. I think um, as far as fantasy, yes, I would absolutely take uh, Stutzel at three. I think he's he's going to be another one, another one of those guys that um, I think he'll have more peripherals than people think. And I also think he's going to shoot the puck a lot more than people expect. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of people were thinking Rosie or Holtz here. Would you agree or disagree with one of those players there? Who was the first one you said? Uh, Rosie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Ro- Ro- Rossi's going to be... Um, he's going to come out of the gate flying. I think he'll... I think his maximum points per game in fantasy, I think is going to be a mid-five. I don't see him hitting at all. But I think he can shoot the puck, and I think he'll do pretty well as like a eventual first line center. But I just I just don't see him being a top tier asset for fantasy. Interesting. Um, yeah. One thing about Rosie that I heard, I guess, is that he's pretty dominant on the face-off. So if he yeah, he'll take a lot of them. Yeah. So if he could carry that, I mean. If you get a 4.4.5 guy, 4.5 player at that number four slot, I mean, that's not bad. And if he doesn't score a lot, sends a little cheap contract. So that was Anaheim. Uh, Rosie and Raymond, uh, pretty good pair there. Yeah, I would definitely say that's that's a really good turnout of any draft. Uh, thoughts on Raymond? Is what, what kind of player is he? So I'm going to try to give an unbiased opinion because I've been watching Raymond highlights so much lately. And although I'm not, I'm not certain of his fantasy upside, I can say that in real life, I think he's going to end up being um, the second highest skilled player in the draft behind Lafreniere. I can see that just looking at the names here in terms of over just skill. Yeah. But I think, I think, he has to shoot the puck a lot. I think he will. I think he'll be given that role and work into it. Um, so if he can shoot the puck, you know, 300 times in a season, then then he'll be a pretty good asset. But I just, the only problem I see with him is he's going to be like, kind of like a line A, if, like fantasy-wise, where line A was like, you know, a really interesting asset to have when he was really young. But now that he's got a huge contract because he's a goal scorer and he, you know, doesn't necessarily hit or block that much. There might there might be a little bit of loss in value um, where Raymond got picked. So Raymond, um, just an interesting piece to keep your eye on moving forward. Uh, that's a pretty interesting comparison. And yeah. Then, uh, number six, Askarov. Uh, yeah. Austin here was uh, Askarov going in the top ten. Something you expected. Yeah, because I mean he's he's gonna be uh, he's as sure of a starting goalie prospect as I've ever seen one. So I can definitely expect Askarov to be in the league, you know, in maximum three years. Um, you know, playing 
upwards of 60 games at the height of a career, and that's always a very good guarantee for goalies. But the only problem, I guess, is will Nashville be a team that allows Askarov to be, you know, like a top-tier goalie asset in a fantasy league? Uh, yeah, so the reason why I traded for him is because I saw Rooney as someone going out the door and someone in Soros as the team not being fully committed to. So I'm hoping over time Askarov takes that number one spot. I mean, you don't take him at 11 overall thinking he's not going to be that number one goalie. So I plan is Nashville has high hopes. I hope Askarov develops. Number seven, Colts, New York Rangers. I think they got a skill here. What about you? Well, and it's really nice to see like the history fall on his side too, because you've got Sorokin, uh, Shesterkin, and Vasilevsky, who are arguably three of the best goalies like of the future. And you know, to have them all be Russian just helps Askarov's case for why you should pick him that early. That was also a reason that played into training for him. I like all those Russian goalies. Might as well have a cut of the same bread, as they say. Yeah, and I think he'll come over with no problem as compared to Shisterkin because of how high he was drafted and the value that Nashville sees for him. So I don't see a problem with him coming over at a regular rate. Big World Juniors here coming up. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I wouldn't put too much thought into it, though. Always, I always base my uh, drafting on World Juniors. Oh, that's that's smart. Yeah, that's the Bill Hawks way. Right. Well, it's easy. No. You, don't, you don't have to pay for scouts. You just have to watch one tournament. I do exactly, and then I draft whoever Steve Yazman drafts. Exactly. Full process. And then, uh, so yeah, number seven at, with uh, Rangers getting Holtz. I thought this was a a steal for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Holtz is going to be a really good. 30 30 player so he'll score probably score around 30 goals at a, at, at a good year um and he'll shoot the puck as as much as he's given the puck i feel like he'll i mean with hughes and um he sure those are two guys that don't prioritize shooting as much so i think colts will be the perfect player to own on a fantasy team just because of like who he's going to play next to i mean that's like you know, you're not necessarily picking Holtz because of who Holtz is. It's who he gets to play with for the next 10 years. I was uh, talking to Plains, and he had the exact same line of reasoning. His uh, league, uh, he had third overall, and he's like, Holtz is only going to be the guy that gets the setup. You know, they're going to be looking for him kind of thing. So, I mean, if he's out there scoring goals, getting all those points, I think that's a pretty good pick for number seven. So, uh, Rangers, I think they get a pretty quality piece there. Hate to say it, but it is what it is. Uh, number eight, Pittsburgh getting for Betty. Was this the right call over Lundell and Drysdale? Um, I actually do not think it was the right call. I think Lundell is going to be a terrific player, and he's going to be he's going to be a guy that gets you a lot of peripherals. I see him being a lot like Bergeron in our fantasy league. I mean, Bergeron just does like everything for Boston as far as center goes and like right. to have that as a prospect I feel like that's that's better than what Perfetti can offer I think right now Perfetti is going to be locked into second line duty for you know a long time um, 
versus Lundell, who, although he might not be first line, I think there's just a lot more that he can offer to a fantasy team than um, Perfetti. Perfetti's probably going to get paid more eventually, um, assuming that they both pan out how people expect them. Uh, but I, I just don't see Lundell being a worse value add than uh, Perfetti. Okay, so I think this is an interesting point that I'm going to try to un- unfold here. So, um, by the sounds of it, what you're saying is Perfetti's going to be the second line center of Winnipeg, and through that, it's going to be in Mark Shifley's shadow. So, at best, he's going to get the second power play minutes, which, I mean, might be a minute per game kind of thing. But with Lundell, he might be the third line center. However, all those penalty kill minutes on top of power play two minutes and then just being used more in a general sense means that Perfetti is going to be more valuable for you fantasy owners than a guy like Perfetti. Is that something? Yeah, I I would think that Lundell is actually going to end up being the better value add at the end of the day. Um, That's just my inkling. I don't really have a lot of things to back that up. I just watch, you know, both of them and I feel like Lundell will shoot more I think he might end up scoring more in general and because of that I just I mean Perfetti's going to be a great player don't get me wrong I just see Perfetti being like a low five point per per, uh, game night guy but Lundell I think has the potential to eclipse you know even seven a night like I just really think that he could do that of all the guys that we've talked about so far so maybe uh, the question to ask is where would you take Lundell above whoever is on this list that's a good question i think rossi would have should have fallen down more um i think askarov should have gone after and then um i would have probably taken lundell at five or six if i was in that range no higher oh so you're happy with lundell below stutzel yeah, I would still say Stutzel probably has more of an opportunity to become exactly who he wants to be in Ottawa. But, you know, Lundell might... It's hard to say, but I just feel like Stutzel I'd still take just because he has much more of an opportunity to be, like, first line, right. does everything, has all the time on ice. You know, Lundell might be a little bit more cramped. Okay, yeah, no, that's a very good point to make. Um... What about, uh, so Lundell 10, Jarvis 11? I don't know too much about Jarvis here myself. Jarvis will be, as he's, in my opinion, he's going to be exactly a top six solid. He's going to be like a Mike Hoffman light. Not, maybe not goal scoring, but as far as value and everything, um, it's, it's going to work really nice for him. He a bigger body? No, he's not a bigger body, but he's he's got a great mind. Um, and I think he'll contribute a lot. I think he'll be a high 50s, low 60s guy. And I mean, that's really valuable to get no matter where you pick. Uh, just takes time to get there. So he might be, what, four years away from that? Five. Mm, I wouldn't say, oh, as far as 60 points at a time. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say it probably takes four years for him to start to put up points that are like pretty significant, but I don't know how well he'll do in fantasy. I just don't see him being a guy that hits a lot. He's going to have to shoot a lot. 
I don't know if he shoots a lot. I, I don't know enough about him, but I do know that he does everything for the Winterhawks now. So I could see him converting pretty well to a role that is really helpful in fantasy. The only crappy thing is he went to Carolina. So they already have every weapon they need. So probably going to take the really long route with Jarvis coming in. Probably might even trade him down the line too. So they could trade him. I could definitely see him being a really good trade asset, but I just see him being like a really good second line forward. Like I just, it just seems really easy to put him in as a second line player, put him against, you know, a third line and just see the reward that you get from picking him. I mean, he's a, he's a high pick. It's not like right. he's just a, a movable asset. Like, he could end up being one of the best players in this draft. I mean, he has really good IQ, so. The, the opposite to that is they have Nikis, who they could have easily traded to, and they kept him. So. And, and he's panned out exactly how they had hoped, so. I mean, yeah, so I can't, you can't really go wrong with the way having this Carolina prospect with Minnesota, so I think that was a good pick at 11. But right after Jarvis is Sanderson. Is that good? Bad? Yeah, he'll be good. He'll, he's not, I don't think he's going to light the lamp in real life, but I think as far as fantasy goes, he's a, I would say he's a sure lock to be like a five point per night defender, which is always really good. I wouldn't say anything more than that. I think he'd do. I think he'll probably be a little bit better than Perrieco, but I mean that's a really good defenseman to pick up, especially because D. You know, it's it's harder to find a, a high point producing D because there's just less defenders than there are forwards. Reach one hundred percent. Yep, that's what the Bellhawks have been saying for years, and they'll continue to say it until the day. Well, they it's die. smart. They got a good leader, don't they? That's what the the public says, especially in the group chat. Uh, ah, right. They, Rangers, they, they just preach it, and we're here for it. Um, right. After Sanderson, Quinn. Um, I think Quinn's one of those bubbly kind of guys. Uh, was a hit or miss. That's why I passed on him. Is that something you could agree with, or do you think I'm out to lunch there? I would have passed on him. Um, I watch him, and I feel like... I feel like if he doesn't get carried by Eichel, he could have a problem. And I and I know that this could be a silly comparison, but if you watch Debrinket, if he's not playing with, you know, Kane or Taze, he he his production completely falls off. He uh, Debrinket's still a pretty solid forward to have in fantasy, but if he's not next to someone who can do everything for him and then just feed him a good puck and then have Debrinket just the puck in a sniper position you know to bring it won't be successful and i think quinn is in the same boat but i think what's different is i think their intention is to put quinn next to eichel for a long time or does or cousins so if he can pan out and be a top six winger i think he'll actually be pretty good i just don't know 100 percent if he will pan out to be that yeah and the thing is they already know what happens when it doesn't with skinner so right it's a little bit of a risky move with buffalo um but when you have jack Eichel, i mean two years down the line let him build up some muscle be pretty interesting to see how he develops it at the very least i think it's always interesting to have uh, a prospect on any team that has a lot of goal scoring potential i think that 
is eye candy to people who are interested in trading for him, both in real life and in fantasy. So, like, you'd always be willing to take a flyer on a guy who can score goals way better than the next guy, especially at this level. So, it's not a bad pick, but I personally would have passed on. I think someone who would really like Quinn would be Arizona. They really love Caulfield, and I think Quinn is just like Akio. So, um, that, that would be someone who I would target if I was a Quinn owner. Uh, next, Lapri, Lapierre. Uh, taken a little bit higher than where he was taken in real life. He went 14th here, but 20th in real life. Is that smart, or do you think Hallway, Merkel, or Mercer, Reichel was a better pick? Um, I personally would not have taken Lapierre that high. I think he dropped down for... Um, legitimate reasons I think especially in fantasy I just don't see Lapierre scoring a lot I see him being a super big assist guy I mean he he's never even scored 20 goals in a season in in uh, junior he had one legitimate year um, let's see here I'm looking at him right now yeah so he's point per game last year 13 goals 32 assists uh, you know granted if he plays more games he probably gets over 20 goals but you know, I don't like the, I don't like prospects where they're significantly high in assists because that tells me that they don't shoot a lot and they can't score enough to make up for you know the lack of shots they have. And I don't know how much he hits. He's not a big guy, six feet, so I don't know how much upside he's going to have here in fantasy. So if you're to think that he was to come into the NHL. Um... What kind of template or player would you give him a comparison to? Like, like Cass or Andre Cass? Keys? Um, no, I, I think maybe maybe he's a little bit more like Kyle Turris back in the good old days, like at best. Oh. I mean, Turris had some pretty decent years in Ottawa. He fell off, but I just don't see Lapierre ever really being more than maybe like a 15 25 guy which is not bad but you know i mean what more can you expect i suppose from picking it in mid first round but i feel like you could have gone a little bit higher risk depending on like where your team's at picking like i would i would have picked holloway before him for sure okay yeah that was my next uh question um who were you who would you take so holloway then after Holloway, who who would you have? Like, who would be your next three that you should take? Um, let's see. I'm I'm pretty big on um, defenseman here. I think Braden Schneider would be a great pick. Um, normally, you know, it's always it's always tough. What's that? That was a snipe by me in twenty five. Yeah. Go on. I think it's tough to decide to pick a defenseman when you're picking that high because you want that like high octane Brock Besser type of pick here, but it's hard to do. Um, I think it's it's really safe to pick a first round defenseman because they usually pan out enough to play and get your point and value back. But so I'd pick Schneider here. I would pick Ghoul here. Um, interchangeably I suppose and then I would have taken Forrester instead of um, yeah. any of those guys and yeah so I had Forrester there um, Gooley went there and then yeah I had Schneider um, up there too so 
Um, I think we kind of see the same way in terms of that. Like to me, when you're taking the forward around here, it's uh, either they pan out or they nail Yakupovic kind of thing. It's like real hit or miss. And with the first round pick, I'd rather have a sure round, sure thing. And for me, yeah, uh, it was Gooley and Schneider and Forster. I mean, it, it to me, it's as simple enough as as figuring out, you know, their age compared to other players that you're comparing and then the point per game difference if they're a CHL player if they can if they're like the premier point per game player when you're comparing and they're of close age like within a month or two I would say I always pick the higher point per game player just because time and time after again even after analytics and eye test the players that have better point per games like statistically have a better chance of panning out to what you expect yeah, and I never thought of it like that. Um, like for me, when I go into the draft, I'm looking at who went highest, and then I'm maybe looking at their past season or two to make. Yeah, and that's least. exactly what you should do. Yeah, but I think that's a the, like the bare bones. But what you're describing is a pretty good insight for just people to take a, a little bit of a deeper look um, and not knowing where to start. So that's a pretty good way to start. Yeah, um, through comparisons like that. So you just got to compare one to the other and just cross off the list. Like, you should just compare every person down the line. Like, start with two people, compare them, um, cross off the one that you don't want, and then compare the one you kept with another guy and continue do it. And, you know, you find your guy if, if you've crossed off five names and he's still there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's definitely something I'm going to re-listen to and work on for my next draft come next year. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can improve there. Always ways to improve. Um, that being said, after Holloway, Dan sniping Mirov at 16. Do you think that's a snipe or do you think he's more of a bubble guy like Quinn was? No, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be a completely solid um, power play middle six forward for Toronto, which for Toronto, that's a really good spot to be in. I mean, you're going to be playing with at least one elite guy in that area. Yeah, you got Tavares and Matthews. Yeah, and, it, and it's I, I think it's safe to pick him as the Russian if you're going to pick a Russian here because Toronto has signed a few Russian players and they all seem to be pretty happy. So um, if you're Amirov, you see that and you, you think that there's a good reason to come to Toronto as soon as you can instead of waiting until you're Capper's off age. Is he a big body guy? Um, Do you know much about him? I don't know much about him. I've watched some highlights. I don't think he's a big guy, but he does a lot for whatever team he's playing on. Like I, I've watched a couple of his like international highlights, and I mean he looks he looks pretty sound. Like there's nothing crazy that he can do, but there's not much he can't do, which is always pretty safe. Is he in the World Juniors this year? Um, he should be, yeah. Okay, so I'll keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Uh, Reichel by Buffalo. Was this a good pick by them? Yeah, I think Reichel's pretty good. Um, I I personally like Chicago's like scouting team. Like, I think Chicago in real life has a really good group of people that scout. Um, especially with the amateur scouting that they um they lean on a little bit when they trade. Like, for example, the uh the Nylander trade that they had made for Yoki Haru or you know they got Nylander 
I think that was actually a really good trade. And so I, I think it's pretty safe to pick Rachel. I mean, he he helped Germany in, in the U20 league or U20 tournament. So why not? You know, I, I think he's a pretty hit or miss guy, but I think he has a pretty good chance of being really good. Oh yeah, so Chicago is who they went to, and Chicago's really thin too in terms of like impactful forwards after the top six. So I yeah, think he'll get a really good chance. So that's that, that's all you want really right now. I feel like from once you're past fifteen, is you want your prospect to have a good chance to make the NHL in eight or in three years. Yeah, I mean if you're picking post fifteen, like if you're picking sixteen through thirty-one, I think at the very least you'd want your player to play in the NHL. Um, it's really hard to pick a player that'll be a really high impact player. And that's where you have to look at the points and see how he's done historically. Like even as a 15 year old up until when he's drafted, I mean, if he's always, you know, dominated, there's a good chance he'll at least be a comparable NHL player. Yeah. Um, So with that being said, instead of going all the way down to 20, which is what I was originally planning, Mm -hmm. uh, what I want to do is uh, from, 15 to let's say 50 give me two guys that you think were um, uh, sort of snipes in terms of you, you can't believe that that guy lasted that long and you, you think that person got a really good player there Um, let's see here so in the real draft or in our draft uh, or in both? our draft okay um, well in our draft, I have to go with the pick that I made. I, I picked Justin Barron, um, I think at like 40. Um, I mean, he was picked 25th to the Avalanche, and I, I only really picked him despite his injuries because he's a defenseman that's going to the Avalanche, and, and that might be a crowded blue line, but I do know that the Avs thus far have developed defensemen pretty well, and they take care of their guys like Gerard has been better Makar obviously and then you know if Byram uh, makes up the second line with Barron one day I mean that would be perfect and so I think that Colorado has a really good eye for defenders if Barron had gone to like the Ducks or something I don't know if I would have picked him but considering I had him at 40 I think that's a pretty good value grab um, I do think he'll make the NHL. I, he's been a really significant piece for World Juniors up until his injuries, like the U-17 team and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think if he can get over his, his, I think it was a blood clot or something, and he had some surgery, he's already back playing. Um, so I think he was a really good steal. Um, and then, let's see. Yeah, so like, say... Uh, Baron was taken here. Who, who else? Who would you have taken that instead? I'm gonna look at the list here on fan tracks. Um, where can I? Oh, draft results. So, I think that I think that grabbing Chinikov in the second round to Brent. I think that's a really good pick. Um, And obviously, Chinikov was like barely known in the draft up until the draft. But 
Um, he's he's doing really well this year so far, and that's probably why he got picked in the first round because he had like ten games to play before the draft. But I think Chinikov's a really interesting body to get in the second round. I mean, he's if he can come in and and be a player for Columbus, I think that's a really good opportunity to get a player that's like a five five and a half point guy on your fantasy team in the second round. And I think that's what you want in the second round is one of those guys with that potential. Yeah, definitely. Because when you're drafting for the second round, if you want that surefire NHL level, then you're only going to get like maybe a two-point player, two-point-five-point player. Right. But better to draft for that for the stars kind of thing. So I, I don't know why he dropped so far because I probably would have taken him right after Ridley Gregg. Yeah. Or, yeah, my sack. But then again, friends big on my sack, so I think my sack's a good pick too. Definitely a good and pick. Same with Wallander. So, I mean, I, I'm personally really low on Wallander. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I watch him, and people all say he's just like a gifted skater. And I watch him, and I just he might be good at skating. I just don't see. I don't see enough like speed to really like. He kind of looks like Hedman when he skates, but. Hedman is fast. Like he can, he can get up the ice so quickly, and I just don't see Wallander doing that yet. And, and you know, maybe I'll be wrong, and he'll he'll become way better with his feet. But I just don't see Wallander being anything more than like a third. Like, um, what was that Swede? Who was the Swede that Columbus picked? Uh, Gabriel Carlson, I think, was his name. Yeah, he's like a first round pick a couple of years ago, and he just never panned out. I think he's very similar to him, and I just don't see any panning out for Wallander. Oh, because I did drop him in a different league, so. Well, that's me. And I well, I have to be a fan of Wallander because I'm a Detroit fan. I hope I'm wrong, but that's yeah, just my that's, that's my thoughts on him. Yeah, completely unbiased. So, last question, I guess, for the draft would be um, past the second round here. Any kind of snipe that you see that you think someone really hit it big on? Yeah. Um. I think a really good pick, honestly, in the third round. It's going to have to go to Yegor Sokolov. I think Ben from the Senators picked him. I think he's going to be a really good pick. Um, Sokolov is going to get every chance to play in the NHL. I know he was a later age player, but he's a really good pick there. Despite, and I think he was actually picked in the third round as well in real life, but I just think that's a really good pick back there. And then, um, let's see. There's one guy... I'm trying now to this is uh, opposite of round two. This is now round three. So you want those guys where you they're two point five point players because you want to get your value on these late round picks. So, right. Um, if Rob says it's true, then Sanders, I hope, got a really good player. Then it's yeah, I think he. I think he'll be a third line winger. I think he'll be pretty decent from where you picked him. I also think there's two other guys that are were really statistical, statistical good darlings, which were Evan Veerling, uh, redrafted him, who, who also got drafted to the Real Life Rangers. He's got really great numbers. And then also Mike Benning. Uh, Pittsburgh drafted Mike Benning. He, at the beginning of this year, he was, or at least for the last couple of years leading up to this year's draft, he was considered one of the best defenders in the draft. Um, so to have him fall to the fourth round, despite whatever people are saying, you know, is not great about him, whether it's his skating or his size or whatever, I think Benning is a really good pick in the fourth round. And 
it's it's as good of a pick as you can possibly make at that part of the draft. So it's the opposite of drafting Sean Day there. Well, I mean, he definitely could be a Sean Day, but um, I think you know what retrospectively why wouldn't you draft Sean Day in the fourth round here you know like I would yeah because now you're just kind of throwing darts here on four year old right right another good dart probably would have been Antonio Strange's I know he's got the silly videos online but I mean he, he still is a significant player for the Knights so the Devils picked him up I think Connor McLennan is also an interesting grab he's small but you know, he might end up being like a bottom six energy guy. Might be a good pick. I could see some of these guys making the NHL. Uh, anyone in round five? Um, not, uh, not from what I can see. Maybe Alex Cotton. Um, Boston picked him up. Cotton went to the wings in real life. I think I've watched him. He's had an interesting um, curve, and I like I like what I. There's only a couple of videos online of him, but from what I've seen, he's actually a pretty interesting get. So maybe him. But other than that, I mean, it's unlikely. So cool. Um, so that that's uh, probably wraps it up for our prospect talk here. Um, We'll do one last question here, uh, just to give us an update on Detroit. How, how how are you liking Detroit? What do you think of your team going into next season? I'm pretty excited. I I'm really confident in my defense that I have. I, it took me a long time to get exactly who I wanted, but um, I'm really happy about you know uh, what's his name uh, the Philly. Who's the Philly defender who Oniskanen? Oh, he retired. Yeah. That opened up a lot for Myers, Phil Myers. So I'm really excited about that. I was considering trading Myers, but I think I'm going to keep him now. Yep, smart. Um, and then I'm really banking on Shesterk and having some top line, like top five goalie potential. And if that pans out, I think I'm. I mean, other than maybe trading off some some high cap guys like Van Riemsdyk, I I feel like I'm in a really good spot for the short term and the long term. So. I'm feeling pretty good. Interesting. Um, you say that because um, just to play devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. what do you think if I were to say you're too young right now and maybe you might be surpassed by, say, Islanders? Well, I'd be disappointed, but then I'd have to remind whoever told me that that I have arguably the best decor, especially if Cider comes out and actually does something like if he's a four point fantasy guy I'd argue that I have the best decor personally um but you know you, you might be right on the forwards I mean I only have Larkin Olafson and you know Paul Mary that are really significant forwards other than that I mean if Tarasenko comes back I think I'll be looking really good but if he doesn't come back and say, you know, Larkin gets hurt, I, I'll probably be dusted. And uh, just for listeners, uh, Detroit has D'Angelo, Hamilton, Marino, Myers, Pareko, and Cider for defense. So, um, lots of big names there. He's not just blowing smoke when he says he can have potentially the best deep corps in the league. 
but definitely need cider to hit. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, we will definitely try to get Rob on to talk more about the Detroit Red Wings here, but we're at 40 minutes, and I think that's long enough. So, um, thank you, Rob, for coming in, and we'll talk later. Sure thing. Thanks, Bill. You bet. Bye. Bye.